Hello, and welcome to EDU, Eric DeReese University. I'm Dr. DeReese. Let's get started, shall we? Producing Video Podcasts, Chapter 1. The business case for podcasting. There are several different opinions on the importance of podcasting. The meaning of the term podcasting is often debated. Some take a broader view that includes the use of streaming video and web players, while others adhere to a stricter definition of downloadable media using syndication technology. What most agree upon, though, is that the world of digital uh, media is constantly changing. Podcasting is a symbol of that change. It is possible for a podcaster to reach out and connect with large audiences. These audiences may not rival those consuming mainstream media, although some podcasts regularly outperform cable and network television. But your chances of reaching a substantial percentage of a niche market is substantial. One thing is certain. The cost of reaching an audience through podcasting is dramatically less than it is through traditional distribution methods. Consumers want video content. They are looking for news and entertainment that they can relate to. That addresses their needs and specific interests. Uh, podcasting enables this sort of relationship. Whether you are a business, a trade association, a government agency, or even an enterprising individual, you can harness the power of podcasting to reach an audience. Additionally, the video you produce for podcasting is fully compatible with other video distribution channels, ensuring that you can uh, repurpose your content to reach the broadest audience. Understanding the audience. Before we explore other aspects of podcasting, let's first address the, the makeup of the podcasting audience. By knowing who's watching, you can better understand the opportunities that podcasting presents. The podcast universe is diverse and constantly growing, meaning new opportunities uh, uh, continue to arise. Podcasting awareness. The good news is that podcasting awareness is growing. The bad news is it has always it is all a ways to go. According to Edison Media Research and Arbitron, in the year 2007, one-third of people in the United States had heard of podcasting. While those numbers may seem low, the growth is still impressive. By comparison, in the year 2006, the awareness rate was only one out of five. This growth in podcasting is largely tied to the rise in portable media players. Podcast support has been added to players manufactured by Apple, Microsoft, and Sony. Together, these three manufacturers have at least 85% of the market, with reports as high as 75% for Apple-branded players. Many users looking to fill their media players with content turn to podcasting as it offers a source for diverse content. Who's watching? The podcasting audience is very diverse, but it skews younger. Um, half of all listeners are under 35. The flip side of this statistic is that half of the audience is over 35, which means that you can reach a wide variety of people. Let's take a look at specific, a specific breakdown. Audience research has shown that 18 to 24-year-olds are more likely to download audio. 25 to 34-year-olds are the biggest consumers of video. The popularity of video podcasting is older demographics, is uh, due in part to the need for faster internet connections and more expensive hardware, both things that come easier to older, more affluent audiences. What is important to note is that the podcast audience is pretty well diversified. For example, the same survey by Edison Media Research found that the podcast audience is 49% female and 51% male, essentially an even split. You'll need to make this a part of your business uh, case when discussing podcasts and potential clients and industry peers. There are a lot of misconceptions about what podcasting is and who's watching. Your job is not only to make podcasts, but also to help others understand in what situations podcasting works best. What's holding podcasting back? 
One of the podcasting's limiting factors is the inertia, new technology experience in adoption. The mainstream population needs time to learn how new technology works and what is good, what it, um, what it is good for. For example, TiVo-style DVR devices uh, uh, debuted in 1997, and the media is only now reporting that the product is expected to be mainstream by 2010, when it is estimated to be in 50% of all homes. For those of uh, of you counting, that's a 13-year journey. Another podcasting limiting factor is its name. Many people are stuck on the word podcast, believing that they have to have an iPod uh, if they want to consume podcasts. What is important is to emphasize the features of podcasting rather than its name. Many consumers are interested in accessing video that is highly portable and easy to get. Content that speaks to their special interests that can be subscribed to for convenience and that can be delivered with little or no effort. Consumer-controlled video is the future, and podcasting is one of the, is on the forefront of the revolution. Over time, the market and technology will likely evolve. In order for a podcast and podcasting as a whole to succeed, it is essential to emphasize the benefits to the potential audience as well as enable the audience to consume podcasts in easier ways. What's happening? Growth and trends. There's a lot going on with uh, web video in recent years. Technology has continued to improve at a rapid pace, which has enabled both the growth of new audiences and new opportunities and the ability to deliver a better looking product to these audiences. Many of the industry's largest television networks and video producers have also embraced uh, web video as an opportunity to create additional revenue streams for their content. Podcasting is a piece of this new market and one that many believe encapsulates the best opportunity to bring video to consumers. The growth of broadband internet. While podcasting and web video do not require broadband access, they certainly thrive with high-speed connections. Fortunately, <clears throat> broadband internet access is finding its way to the masses. According to the New Internet po uh, Project's September 2007 survey, half of all Americans have broadband access at home, and broadband will continue to surge. The same survey found that 70% of users who had an internet connection used broadband. While international access rates vary greatly, trends consistently show growth of broadband on a global scale. The growth of internet video. The growth of broadband video has had an impact on the viewing habits of its users. The Pew Internet and American Life uh, Project found that in the year 2007, 57% of online adults have used the internet to watch or download video and 19% do so on a typical day. <clears throat> broadband users are more likely to consume video. Three quarters of a broadband users download video online. This growth of podcasting is due, in fact, to the social aspect of online video. The same survey found that half of online video viewers, 57%, share links to the video they find with others, and three in four, 75%, say they receive links to watch video that others have sent to them. These trends bode well <clears throat> with the podcaster. If you produce high-quality video that is on target, your audience will share it with, uh, with others. This type of growth is often referred to as viral, and it works well online. Success can come much quicker than through other media outlets, at a lower cost since traditional advertising often has little to do with viral growth. <clears throat> Fast pace of broadband adoption. Broadband internet access has hit the 50% adoption milestone faster than uh, most other consumer technologies. It has taken about 10 years for broadband to reach 50% 50 of adults in their homes. For example, it took 18 years for color TV to reach 50% of Americans. 18 years of 
uh, for the uh, for the personal computer, 15 years for the cell phone, 14 years for the video cassette recorder, and 10 and a half years for the compact disc player. More on viral growth. If you're looking to understand more about the viral nature of the web, be sure to check out the long tail, Why the Future of Business is Selling Less of, of More by Chris Anderson. The involvement of big business. Podcasting is a part of the traditional media's plan to stay relevant. Television networks in particular realize they need to move their video content to the web, enabling both space shifting and time shifting. The challenge here is that many of these traditional co content generators hold on their uh, old ways of thinking. While these studios uh, would benefit from podcasting, many want greater control over their digital files through the use of digital rights management, DRM technology. In 2007, Motorola found that 45% of European broadband users watch at least uh, some television online. The percentage was as high as 59% in Spain and France. Entertainment insiders agree a 2007 uh, survey of television executives point to continued online gro video growth. 80% of those polled said that at least 40%, if not a greater proportion, of video will be consumed on the Internet rather than television. By the year 2012, before you get too optimistic, only 26% of those um, respondents said that video content would be distributed freely. Rather, they expected that content owners will mandate royalties. Despite these conflicting goals, podcasting still stands a healthy chance at success. Many podcasts have successfully embraced non-intrusive advertising approaches, enabling the podcaster to promote interest in their program. For example, several TV shows use podcasts to further connect with their audiences. A good example is the Sci-Fi Channel, which offers a very large uh, series of online videos and podcasts that build interest in the show. What will continue to be a struggle will be meeting the, the demands of consumers while generating revenue for the content creators. Familiarity with podcasting. The Diffusion Group found that podcast awareness was performing well for the new technology. Uh, according to their 2007 study, they found that one-sixth of American ident Americans identified themselves as having tried podcasts. Among U.S. broadband users, 16% have listened to a podcast at some point, uh, at some point, saying that they either have listened to a podcast but no longer do or that they currently use podcasting. 10.5% say that they currently use podcasting. How to explain podcasting to your clients. While we'll explore the technical details of podcasting throughout the book, let's establish an easy-to-reference analogy that can be used with clients. We equate a podcast to a media tool that behaves like TiVo or a magazine. Both of these media forms allow people to choose topics that they are interested in. Both offer subscription models and both allow time shifting and space shifting. With podcasts and TiVo, people can watch or listen at their convenience, not just when a program is broadcast. Both podcasts and TiVo let viewers browse and search. Viewers can pick what they're interested in and then watch it when it's convenient. Many people browse and try things without ever subscribing. For example, you might find yourself at an airport with a little time to fill. You might uh, walk up to a magazine stand, and if a cover catches your uh, interest, you might try it. After reading the magazine, you likely make a decision about its va value. You'll choose not to read it again, try it out when you think, uh, think of it, or to subscribe. The idea for podcasting is similar to a magazine. A show's long-term success is dependent on getting viewers to subscribe. Arbitron's findings. Arbitron is a group that is frequently called upon to provide statistical research for radio stations. 11% of all Americans have listened to podcasts that translate into approximately 27 million Americans that have tried podcasts. More than half of all teens own an iPod or other portable media device or media player. 
When to use podcasting. Podcasting is the right choice for many scenarios, but not all. We find that many clients want to consume a podcast, but aren't fully aware of the commitment it entails. In order to be a good vendor, you must provide existing and prospective clients with the proper uh, perspective on what's involved with podcasting. Let's first take a look at some good reasons to use podcasting. Complete an open market or compete in an open market. Uh, podcasting is relative is a relatively open market, which means that independently produced shows can do as well as those produced by major television studios. While ABC, CBS, and NBC can uh, spend a, a fortune on promoting their podcasts, you'll find that independently produced shows are right next to them in rankings. What makes it possible for independent shows to do this uh, well is the de uh, democratic nature of podcasting. Podcast consumers want good content. While it helps to have a major network promoting things, if you can get a little bit of buzz on your own, you can succeed. The delivery of traditional media can be a significant uh, cost if you have a large audience to reach. A podcast can deliver videos, audio, and printed information. Grow an audience. Podcasting can be used to successfully grow audiences for other products you may offer. Many book authors have podcasts which help in exposing their books. The same holds true for professional speakers who want traditional exposure. Even those without financial goals in mind can benefit. For example, several churches have begun to take their services or sermons and make them available. Uh, let's see, this service or sermons, uh, okay, make them, this allows people who can't attend, such as the sick or those traveling away from home, to stay in touch with their church and faith. If you already have an audience in a traditional medium, using a podcast can strengthen or build a connection. Save on traditional distribution costs. Another benefit of podcasting is that it can help reduce traditional distribution costs. For example, a podcast can help minimize shipping, duplication, and mailing costs. Due to the subscription nature of podcasts, you can minimize the use of email blasts and promotion efforts that you would have to do to remind people that stuff is up online. Podcasters can also replace other forms of traditional media. For example, um, an organization could turn its printed newsletter into a podcast. Selected stories could be turned into an audio or video podcast, while the traditional newsletter letter could be included as a PDF file within the podcast. Podcasts offer an opportunity to translate old media to new media. This can offer new opportunities for uh, cost savings and growth. Brand extension. Uh, let's face it, there are a lot of similarities between most commercial uh, podcasts Oh, products. For example, why choose one digital camera over another? Depending on whom you talk to, you can get a myriad of reasons. And that's where podcasting can come in. Through a podcast, a manufacturer can teach its product users and potential uh, customers how to get more value. Podcasting also uh, podcasting offers a way a walkaway brand extension, the ability not just to promote a product, but also to show people how other people are using the product. The camera manufacturer could not just have engineers on product managers talking about the latest features. Rather, they should interview uh, professional photographers talking about photo techniques as well as showcase amateur photographers and their photos. Sure, these people all likely use the camera manufacturer's gear and they might mention it, but broadening the scope of the podcast will help it succeed. Let guests talk about other technology they use and things they like, right? Right. Don't just limit a podcast so it becomes a, a marketing shill. Otherwise, your audience will stop tuning in. When not to use podcasting. While podcasting is an amazing medium to communicate with, it is not the perfect tool for all scenarios. If you try to force a client into podcasting, you can create 
disappointment. Similarly, if a client comes to you wanting to create a podcast for the wrong reasons, you would be doing the client a disservice uh, by not presenting the option uh, to them. It is always better to think of the long-term results over the short-term gain. With this in mind, when um, might podcasting be the wrong choice? Commitment issues. At some point in your life, you likely wanted a cat or a dog for a pet. One of the objections you probably heard was that you had to be ready to make a commitment to its upbringing. Would you be ready to feed it, play with it, and clean it up, clean up after it every day? While you can take a dog or a podcast for a walk, the similarities don't end there. A podcast uh, requires attention. You need to create new episodes and then add them to your podcast feed on a regular basis. You have to pay attention to what your viewers are saying about you. You have to think about adding new features to a show and making improvements to your graphics and uh, production process. A podcast is a commitment. The podcaster needs to be prepared for ongoing costs for tasks like editing new episodes. A useful source of podcast statistics. Are you looking for the latest information on podcasting and web video? Then be sure to check out Paul Colligan's blog at paulcolligan.com podcast statistics. Having a podcast involves ongoing expenses. It takes human resources and financial resources. We're not saying you should continue pouring money into a sinking ship. Uh, we have launched and canceled podcasts. Sometimes we refine and relaunch. Sometimes we let the idea go. But you do need to realize that launching a podcast is a commitment. You also need to make sure that whoever is paying the bills is aware of the fact. Blogs are essential. A podcast uh, needs a blog to help it connect with an audience. Be sure your podcast has a strong web presence that lets viewers go deeper. Savior complex. People who want to be a part yeah, to be, uh, no, people who want to partner and produce new shows approach us all the time. If a client comes to you with the idea that their podcast is going to attract all sorts of people and it's better than anything else out there, be a little cautious. Uh, we generally ask them, how else do you connect with your audience? If they don't have anything else to offer, then their podcast may take several years to succeed, if it ever does. We've learned that good talent and an interesting concept are not enough. A good show uh, concept is important, but you need to have talent that is out actively speaking to the public and media. Uh, they need to be connecting with people through things like a blog, a magazine, or books. A podcast will very rarely succeed on its own. It needs to be a part of a coordinated effort to publish or extend a, a brand. A podcast alone does not make brand ex um, make a brand except on the rarest occasions. Even podcast phenomena like uh, Ask a Ninja have a blog with uh, products available for sale, as well as press releases and other activities to, uh, to, reach, to reach out. Make sure that you measure your client's expectations. Don't sell them podcasting as the greatest thing ever. This will just create unmeetable expectations, which will cause frustration for all involved. Performed obsessed, performance obsessed. The challenge with podcasting is that it is so new. This means that the metrics used to measure downloads and reach um, are still being defined. For example, for example, a server can miscount downloads if someone starts to pull down a podcast, then interrupts the download by shutting down the computer and resumes later. <clears throat> Likewise, counting can be skewed because many measuring services look for unique IP addresses. For example, an entire computer lab or wireless network might be used uh, might be using a shared IP address, which means that 30, uh, 25 users might be counted as one user. With this said, you can still get fairly accurate statistics about downloads. If your hosting company doesn't offer statistics or you want an additional source, we recommend PodTrack. 
with this service, you insert a code into the tagging information with your podcast, and the code triggers a, a counter for each episode. <clears throat> it is possible to get statistics on a per-country basis. You can see on what day the most episodes were downloaded and how long it took between uh, when the podcast was released and when people became aware of it. Instead of obsessing over the number of downloads or shows ranking in iTunes, you would do better to keep an eye on trends. Um, is your show growing or shrinking? Are you seeing spikes on certain types of on a <clears throat> on certain type of episode when you change things? Do people like your guest host? Do some shows uh, shows topics resonate better than others? <clears throat> results obsessed with any financial investment, it's reasonable to expect results. Many web ads. Uh, Posters focus on click-throughs. Radio and newspaper advertiser, uh, advertisers often talk of imp, uh, impressions. Well, what about podcasting? How do you measure an audience's response? When is a podcast generating results? It's not that easy to get people to take immediate action. Uh, marketing people often focus on building awareness or multiple impressions. Many people expect an instant response, like Pavlov, Pavlov's dogs when they hear bells. Sure, your show can have ads in it, but it's it's difficult to track the effectiveness of ads, but this is true of most advertising models. How many people don't want to hear, or what many people don't want to hear is that coupons and codes don't really work. Sure, you might see an ad in your local newspaper that advertises a, a new restaurant. The restaurant prints a coupon for a free appetizer and you go, well, that's a good coupon. I should go and try that restaurant. Chances are you'll forget the coupon or leave it in the car, but still end up at the restaurant. People just like just don't remember uh, special codes or web URLs. They just don't. They hear about something. They don't remember where they heard about it, but they eventually take action because of awareness builds. No iTunes. If you want to keep your show out of iTunes, you can. One way is to simply not register your show with their directory. You can find more find more out about blocking your feed at uh, www.apple.com iTunes store podcast um, tech specs at .html. Privacy concerns. Two things that <clears throat> many clients will be concerned about are spam regulations and the privacy of their audience. The good news about podcasting is that it is an opt-in audience. Nobody who uh, gets your podcast can accuse you of spamming because they come to you willingly. Additionally, subscribers are not providing any personal information, so they there are no records to protect no credit card numbers to be stolen, no privacy issues at all from the consumer's point of view. Some clients may want to keep their podcast private. This can be a bit of a challenge. Podcasts are designed to be shared. One solution is to place files on an internal network, such as an intranet. Then subscribers can only access the files when they're on the secure network. Another solution is to not register your feed with directory services. Then it's like an unlisted phone number. Clients may ask, though, can you make it secure so that if they put our podcast on their iPod or laptop and then lose it, somebody else can't uh, can't watch it? Well, both laptops and iPods have security features like password screen locks. Then people would have to type in a code to access the files. Well, that's too much of a pain. No, I'm sorry. We can't account for carelessness. You can either train your people uh, that the information is sensitive or not. This is a public format. So if you want secure things that don't leave the walls of your company, don't make it a portable file that can leave the walls of your company. 
how does it all come together? Now that uh, now that we've made a, a business case for podcasting, let's take a look at the experience of consumer podcasts. We regularly find that even the uh, media savvy harbor several misconceptions about podcasting. In uh, in our next chapter, we'll explore in depth the podcasting consumption experience and offer a clear view of the technology uh, of what te the technology is and is not. Adobe Media Player allows for rights control. If you need a solution that allows for some levels of security or login, be sure to check out the Adobe Media Player. Adobe, Adobe has stated that they will support more options that give content creators greater control over security and digital rights. Culture Catch is a smart culture community that was launched in July of 2005. Based in New York City, the company was uh, founded by Richard Burns and Dusty Wright. While Culture Catch is a well-known uh, podcast, the company also produces various live events that let their members interact. Over 1 million people regularly visit the CC website, attend its live events around the world, download its audio and video content, and engage in, uh, with the community. Culture Catch currently shoots two video podcasts per week. The show has conducted interviews with cultural notables like David Lynch, Wynton Marsalis, Laura Dern, Richard Branson, uh, Duncan Sheik, uh, <clears throat> Henry Rollins, um, Bob Costas, Les Paul, Russell Simmons, Donovan, uh, Gore Vidal, and Kevin Bacon. All of these interviews are available on the site or on iTunes. Wright and Burns were drawn to podcasting after trying to launch similar shows via traditional uh, broadcasting venues. We got tired of all the gatekeepers in the conventional media telling us that our show ideas were too smart or too long or expensive or not the right fit, says Wright. Podcast, podcasting is so liberating on so many levels. It's refreshing to meet so many different folks creating niche programming and really burning with the passion to produce it. <clears throat> Burns adds that podcasting lets him focus on the creative aspect of filmmaking he enjoys so much. As a filmmaker, when a project ended, uh, so did your employment. I was spending 90% of my time looking for work or money to create films and 10% creating films, which seemed very stupid, he explains. As a podcaster, I spend 75% of my time creating and 25% on the business of podcasting. Much better ratio for, for an artist. Podcasting has become a full-time job for Wright and Burns. The interest in sponsoring uh, sponsorship their shows website and events have attracted let them focus solely on culture catch this is my full-time gig and i love it says right it has allowed me to streamline my productions too i think about our shoots like a field reporter i carry just the bare essentials unless we're really looking for some serious production value and then we might bring in a third camera person but normally we look at each interview situation and determine how we want to shoot it before we hit hit uh, rec record Culture Catch regularly shoots with two cameras. This gives Burns more flexibility when he edits the podcast. Both Wright and Burns fill multiple technical and creative roles during shoots. A low-budget production like a podcast requires the podcaster to wear all hats, uh, or at least many, says Burns. In my case, what uh, that's audio, video, grip, director, editor, uh, production manager, craft service, director of photography, makeup, etc., Thus, prepare and accept that you'll make some really stupid mistakes. Wright tells us he learned the hard way about the importance of constantly checking for problems. I once interviewed Daniel uh, Linois and <clears throat> didn't check my audio levels before I started the interview. I had a bad cable. I couldn't use any of it. I wasted one of the greatest interviews I've ever conducted. He talked about producing U2 and Dylan and Emmylou Harris. 
it makes me sick to think that I didn't take the extra few minutes to check things out. <clears throat> Burns agrees. Always check audio and picture uh, before recording. What you see and hear on the camera uh, monitor isn't always what we what you are recording. Wright and Burns emphasize that being passionate is the key to succeeding at podcasting. Dare to be different. Dare to push the creative envelope, says Wright. Don't let others tell you uh, that you're wasting your time. If you feel your niche content can reach 60,000 uh, other like-minded individuals, then go for it. If you're looking at um, if you're looking to reach the masses, it's possible you might grab your cameras and mic and go. You'll know soon enough if it's working or not, and if it's not, tweak it until it is. The industry needs more personal voices uh, and experts. Burns adds, make your show very personal and niche, but networks can't do that kind of programming. They are about broadcasting to a wide variety of people. Broadcasting is about reaching a specific audience. Podcasting is about reaching a specific audience, owning the audience and developing a business model that services that audience. Just a gear list. Two Sony uh, 950 3CCD mini DV cameras, two Sony EL77B lavalier microphones, four EV mics, two Shure, three Element Labs LED lights, brilliant lights, don't get hot, don't burn out, uh, can use a remote to program color correction. Hi, this is Dr. DeReese. Do you like what you're hearing in this podcast? Would you like to hear more? Well, why not support this podcast by making a donation? The amount doesn't matter. Whatever works for you, I am certainly grateful for. And while you're at it, why not make a suggestion for what you'd like to hear in this podcast? I'm certainly open to suggestions. And let me just say, thank you for your support. Well, that's the end of this episode of the podcast EDU, Eric DeReese University. Thanks for listening, and until next time, take care.